The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Hurry now. Ah, how are you now? How's your how's your summer going so far? How's mine going? Well, I'm glad I asked. I managed to piss off some Arizona Coyotes fans on on Twitter. All all five of them. Um, <laughs> they're a pretty easy group to piss off. Actually, all you have to do is point out the fact that their team doesn't make any money. It's uh, it's hilarious. But anyways, we're not really here to talk about the Arizona Arizona Coyotes. We're here to talk today about the World Junior Hockey Championship. Hockey in August. Imagine that. Something you, you don't normally get to see, but I'm glad that we do get to see it because my boy Joshua Roy is off to an absolutely screaming hot start to this tournament for Team Canada. So welcome to a special episode of Absent Minded Extra in which I'm going to talk a little bit about that. How did he get to this point and uh, what should we expect from him for the remainder of this tournament? So, um, Let's start out with the fact that a lot of people were wondering, I put it out on Twitter and I said, you know, 10 points over under, what do you got for Joshua Hawaii at this tournament? And I, I took the over and I said when I took the over, I was like, listen, I, I do think that this is a tough plateau for anybody to hit in a short tournament. But with his skills, if they give him the right line mates and the right ice time, he has a chance to actually get over that 10-point plateau. And through two games, he already has five points. How did he get there? Well, for starters, he's been playing most of his minutes on the top line with Mason McTavish and Connor Bedard. Let's face it, those are two very, very good players. One of them is supposed to go first overall in next year's draft. The other one was a first-round pick of the Anaheim Ducks and uh, even played for Canada in the Olympics recently and played in the Memorial Cup as well for the Hamilton Bulldogs and Mason McTavish. So those are two extremely good players. But the crazy thing is his, his production actually seemed to take off a little bit in game two. <clears throat> so let's go back first and talk about game one, right, against Latvia. I felt like that was a super lackluster performance by Canada against Latvia. They won 5-2, so, you know, nothing super concerning there other than the fact that they took a mountain of penalties in the third period and couldn't really, you know, blow them out the way that they normally would when they play against Latvia. Uh, I felt they look a little bit disorganized. Um, the, the power play was way too reliant on Connor Bedard taking the same shot over and over again. And I, I just thought they lacked creativity and they looked disorganized. And the, the result of that, you know, was still a 5-2 win, but not what you would expect against a team like Latvia. In that game, uh, Joshua Gua did get one assist on the five goals. It was on a Luca Cormier power play goal, actually. Roy is not on the first wave of the power play with Connor Bedard where they keep trying the same shot over and over again. And I'm telling you guys, if you haven't watched a Team Canada game yet, maybe you're intentionally not watching them because of the scandal, in which case I don't blame you at all. But if if you're into it and you want to take a look, just wait until they get a power play. 
And you'll notice on that first wave, they keep trying the exact same goddamn shot by Connor Bedard over and over and over again. It's clearly being instructed because you can tell Bedard sometimes wants to defer and send it over to somebody else, but it's not working. So they got to do something else with that first unit. But the second unit actually worked quite well. Uh, Joshua Hua playing a little bit rover style on that. Like he's up near the point. Sometimes he's up at the top of the circle. Uh, sometimes he's down low as well. Um, and of course, in that first game, he managed to put a pass over to Luca Cormier. And then he backs off, uh, kind of makes himself open for the one-timer. And Cormier just throws a shot through traffic, puts it in. And there you have it. Joshua Hua's first point of the tournament. But again, in a very lackluster game for Team Canada. I, I was not overly impressed by that. I was overly impressed in their second game against Slovakia. Slovakia being definitely a tougher test than Latvia in the first place, but they win that one 11-1. to Absolutely blow Slovakia out of the water. Of course, Slovakia missing some pretty big names. So there's a little caveat to that, that they don't have, you know, Uri Slavkovsky. They don't have Filip Meshar either. Those are two big players for them that, that could have been available for this tournament but are not so... Definitely a caveat to that 11-1 win. However, uh, I was much, much, much more impressed by Canada's overall game. And that goes double for Joshua Roy. I liked him in the first game because he he's playing a role that he's not used to, right? He's not usually the puck retrieval guy who's going into the corners and trying to set things up for his two line mates. He's the guy that you're trying to set things up for in Sherbrooke. With these two guys, with with Bedard and McTavish, he's kind of a third fiddle. He has to play a bit more of a checking role. He has to do those puck retrievals. And he looked pretty goddamn good in that first game, but even better in the second game. I mean, he's hard on pucks in the corner. He is putting the body on guys. He's putting in the work. He's back checking. And the very first goal of the game was set up by Joshua Hua. It was a beautiful play between Bedard and McTavish that really finished it off. But Roy came back. He's back-checking into the neutral zone, cuts a guy off right around the red line, takes the puck from him with a stick lift, turns around, fires it down into the zone. Puck gets to Bedard and McTavish. They work their magic. Absolutely beautiful goal between those two. So Roy gets an assist, even though he touched the puck a good maybe 15 seconds before the puck actually went to the net. It's just once he got it deep for them, they worked their magic. So again, him playing the role of that checker, that puck retrieval guy, setting things up for them. He wasn't even on the ice when he got credited with that assist because he went off for a change after sending it in. The other two stayed out and worked their magic. So uh, a good start to the game for him. But again, you could see how he's kind of the passenger on that line, right? He's not, I mean, he was definitely involved. He got credited with an assist on that goal, but he wasn't on the ice. He wasn't making that happen. He made it happen by doing the little things right, by back checking, by getting the puck in deep when it was time for him to go off. And then things got better and better for Hawaii as the game went on. Obviously, Canada opens up a big lead. Mason McTavish scored, uh, what, five goals in the game? No, four goals in the game. Sorry, not five. <clears throat> so a really strong overall effort from Team Canada. But Hawaii, as the game went on, got better and better. He got another assist later in the game on Mason McTavish's third goal of the game. This one, it really showed me his character. Right? He gets a breakaway. Bedard takes a hit and throws the puck forward to Roy, who is basically in all alone, but he has McTavish off to his left. And Roy, again, he has a breakaway. He can go in all alone. He can put this in. He could definitely beat the Slovak goaltender on his own. He has 
very good hands and a very good shot, but he elects instead to throw a backhand pass over to Mason McTavish, and now they're in a two-on-o, so while he splits off to the right, kind of putting himself in position to maybe get that one-timer and put it in himself, but what does he do? He points at the net, basically tells Mason McTavish, I want you to shoot this. I don't want it back. Don't pass it to me. I want you to get that hattie. Mason McTavish shoots, gets the hattie. I mean, this to me shows a player who's completely selfless. Again, I go back to what has he been doing in this tournament? He's been filling a role that he doesn't normally fill in Sherbrooke. Normally, he's the star. Now, he doesn't get to be the star, so he's doing all the little things right to make sure that his team has success. And then he has an opportunity to go and be selfish and get a goal for himself. And what does he do? No, he defers over to a kid that's his line mate, that's his teammate, and says, you know what? Get your hattie. I'm cool with an assist. I think he's probably cool with not even getting an assist on it, honestly. He cares only about his team and about winning. I like that attitude. I like that selflessness. And I think it's going to serve him extremely well when he gets to that next level uh, because there's potentially always going to be more talented players. There's potentially always going to be situations where you know you scoring a goal is not necessarily the most important thing. Canada had a big lead already at that point, right? He didn't need to necessarily get a goal for himself. He didn't need to necessarily get a goal for the team. He decided to do something for his teammate. And I love that. And then, for whatever reason... Um, Coach Dave Cameron decided to move him off the top line after that. Now, I, I speculate that I think he's trying to spread out the scoring a little bit because the games are about to get tougher. They got Czechia coming up uh, on Saturday, and then after that, they've got Finland. So the games aren't going to get any easier. So I think this could be born out of a desire for him to spread out the scoring a little bit. Uh, McTavish and Bedard, of course, are on the top power play unit, and Huet is not. He's on the second power play unit. So it kind of makes sense to me from a logistical standpoint, to move Roy either to the second or the third line and put him with some other people. So what they did was they put him out there with uh, William Zufour and uh, Zach Ostapchuk, right? Zufour is an Islanders prospect. Ostapchuk is a Senators prospect. Uh, Zufour, of course, of course, was the top goal scorer in the QMJHL last year, whereas Roy was the top scorer. And he, so Dave Cameron does this about midway through the third period or maybe a little bit less than midway through the third period. And in the very small amount of time that Roy had to play with Abstapchuk and Zafour, he got another two points in the game to finish with four points for the night. So he got his first goal, um, which was a, a really nice play, like not, not, not a super highlight real play. I mean, I don't even think TSM had it in their highlight pack, but he's playing now because he's with Zfour and a Stapchuk instead of the two top guys. Now he's the focal point of that line. Now he's the trigger man. They're trying to feed him. First shift out with them, he gets a shot from the slot and he hits the post. And it's like, man, he's, he's right there. He's going to get one. And then sure as God's got sandals. You know, I think it was a Stapchuk. He put one on net. And uh, rebound comes out into the slot. And why he's up in the high slot, but he recognizes the play, comes down low, and just puts it up top. Uh, top cheese, puts it in, makes it, I think at that point, 10-1 to 1 for Canada. And it was his third point of the night. And then he puts a bad angle shot on, uh, just looking to see if he can create something. It almost goes in. And a stop chuck at the side of the net cleans up the rebound. Uh, I think that made it 11-1 to 1 at that point. And that was Hawaii's fourth point of the game. I mean... Just an incredible performance from him so far because, again, he's filling a role that he's not used to filling and he's doing admirably at that. And then they move him down in the lineup and he has even better production in a short order. So he's showing versatility for Team Canada. They can play him wherever they want and he's going to have success. He is 
showing selflessness, right? Giving that goal to Mason McTavish, letting him take that shot instead of taking it himself. I mean, you, you can't say enough about this kid's game so far at the tournament. And again, I go back to my, my Twitter poll that I put up like a couple of weeks ago where I said, is he going to get 10 points or over under 10 points, right? He's halfway there after two games. I think he's getting over 10. I think, you know, how high he gets is going to depend on how they continue to use him. Honestly, I'm not against the idea of leaving him on the, as the second or, or third line, whatever you want to call it, with Zafur and the Stapchuk. I mean, he's more of a trigger man there, and I think Bedard and McTavish are going to have their success regardless of who else is on that wing. I don't think they necessarily need Roy. I think Canada probably needs more secondary scoring, and he can provide that for you, whereas those two are going to be just fine on their own. Again, go back to that first goal that they scored against Slovakia, right? All Roy had to do was an effective back check, get the puck in deep, and then jump off. So you can use pretty much anybody with those two. You might as well, if you have a shooter as accomplished as Roy, have him on a line where he can be the focal point, where he can be that trigger man. So I'm interested to see what they do um, tomorrow. I'm recording this obviously on Friday and Saturday. We've got uh, Czechia, which is going to be their first, I think, real test, right? I think everybody expected them to beat Latvia. Everybody expected them to beat Slovakia. Everybody probably expects them to beat Czechia too. But it'll be interesting to see how they use Joshua Hawaii in that game. Um, I think personally... And maybe I'm a little bit biased as a Montreal Canadiens fan, but I'm also a Canadian, and I cheer for Canada at this tournament. I think, personally, they, they need to be trying to feature him more. I would love to see him on the top power play unit, um, because I think that unit's been a little bit ineffective, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's still going to be on the second unit, and honestly, I, I really liked the way things look towards the tail end of that Slovakia game. So uh, maybe they decide to keep that going. Maybe they don't. Maybe they put him back with Bedard and McTavish. Either way, what he's shown me so far is that he's versatile. He can contribute wherever they put him in the lineup. And he's got me even more excited than I already was to eventually see him one day in a Montreal Canadiens uniform. This kid is legit. He's willing to put in the work. He talked about it ahead of the tournament that one of the main things that the Team Canada coaches and the Montreal coaches had told him that he needs to improve upon is his skating and his conditioning. And you can see that he's already made significant improvements in both of those. I mean, this kid is willing to put in the work. And if you're willing to put in that work, you know, when he gets an opportunity, when he comes to Montreal Canadiens camp, I think we're once again, we're going to see him come close to cracking the Montreal Canadiens lineup. I do think he's going back to Sherbrooke for next season. But I think, again, he's going to come close. He's going to make the decision tough for them. And I think he's going to get that nine-game tryout at the very least in the regular season. All right, nine regular season games. We'll see if he can earn any more than that. I think, again, like I said, it's unlikely. Montreal's not going to be very strong this year. I don't know if it's the best place for a young player to be, given that you know they might be at the bottom of the standings again. But we'll see. Look, all this to say, why did I want to record an episode today? I wanted to update you guys on how well he's doing, and uh, for, especially for those who, who maybe aren't watching the tournament, and let you know, like, listen, the Montreal Canadiens got themselves an absolute steal when this kid slid into the fifth round. If you had to redraft the 2021 draft at this point, I, I honestly believe you'd see him going at least in the first round. He might even be like a top 15 type player at this point. So realistically, we have to celebrate at this point that Montreal was able to get that kind of value in the fifth round. 
I know the people that are responsible for that draft are, are no longer with the team anymore, but I would you know, like to extend a thank you to Trevor Timmons and company uh, for finding that value late in the fifth round because, man, I, I really believe this kid is going to be a legit threat for the Montreal Canadiens at the next level, and I can't wait to, to find out whether or not I'm right about that. So that's it for the episode. I'm going to end it off there. Thank you to everybody for listening. We are, of course, on Spotify. Uh, we're on Google Play, Apple. We're on Megaphone, too. I am on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. I am posting highlights on my Twitter as well uh, from this tournament. So if you're interested in seeing some gifts, if you're maybe not watching the tournament or you can't watch the tournament for any particular reason, follow me on Twitter. Uh, another plug for me there, of course. I will have highlights for you. So I'll be able to show you all of the good things that Joshua Hawaii is doing. And even if you're a fan of another team, look, I'm posting highlights for everybody, especially the Team Canada game. I'm always going to have highlights out, so I'll have some good content for you on there if you're interested in it. Again, at this point, thank you for listening. And of course, I love you.